Never mind. <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> Hi. Stop. <laughs> okay. Hi. I'm the pine. And I'm the water. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to a cup of tea. Uh, a, a podcast about exploring <laughs> life through each other's eyes. Well, sharing a cup of tea with you. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That worked. That worked totally. Um, yeah, totally. I love it. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking? So I'm drinking a... Oh, Jesus. I, I almost forgot. It's um, caramel puer. Puer? I don't know if that's how you say oh, it, but you know. I've tried puer and it's never been... I have not had one that I like, I don't think. This one's like, okay... It, it's not my top thing. It's nothing that I would get. But what is it, thing. anyways? Where? Yeah, it's like a same sort of you know fermented tea leaf, kind of like whiter green, but I think it's mm-hmm. like reddish, which kind of reminds me of rooibos, but it doesn't taste anything like it. Um, no. And this one's a caramel one, which I I didn't buy it. It was like a thing I won at a at like a bar contest. Mm-hmm. so that's why i have it and i have a ton of it like my jar is full of this because this is the second time i've had it and it's not that bad i mean if you don't think it's that yeah. bad then i guess it's good that you have a ton of it <laughs> yeah how about you oh my very lovely one of my favorite london fog Nice. I don't know if I've talked about London Fog before, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah, I think we spent like half an episode last time talking about London Fog and tea and whatever. And how Team Harden doesn't have it here. Yeah. Um, Freaking Quebec. I, getting, I keep getting distracted by that like hair thingy that you have going on. That is uh, It's because I had it, I had it in a like- bun. <laughs> yeah, it was in a bun and it's all messy and I, I'm like... What do you do? I just, it's kind of hilarious though. It reminds me of the thing that happens whenever I cut my hair, which I did recently, and I'm very happy because it didn't happen. So, like, the last times when I would cut my hair, immediately, like the the next week or something, it would be Mm -hmm. straight, except for like the out flare Uh, thingy. And I hated it so much. I am not a fan either, but I'm like, because I had it in a bun. And then I was like, you can't even tell that I have it in a bun because of the yeah. headphones. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you know, let's just put it in a bun. <laughs> I like it in a bun. I am so happy that my hair is at a length where I can have a bun, even if it's a tiny baby bun. But I, I, I'm just a fan of the bun. Yeah. So. Um. So after this brief detour, I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. Right. And it, it, I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to talk about because it's it's something that, oh, Jesus, I've been having in my head for like ever. Okay. So we have this other project that it's like a, a podcast of mine. Yes. And for that, I started reading um, Women Who Run With Wolves, mm. you know, and yeah. if you don't know or for anyone that doesn't know the book, it's very is very much about like the womanhood journey, kind of like journey into your own woman self kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I have thoughts. 
Wait, has as a parenthesis, I just like when you said me when you said to me that you were reading that book, I was like, that is such like a if I had to describe you in one sentence, that's like a sentence I would use. (laughs) 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 But I mean maybe I would switch it up by tires, but yes. Is that coming only from like the title of the book or knowing what the book is about? No, just just with the title. Like yeah. knowing nothing else. Yeah. That's like I, I, a, a bio, you know? That's adorable. I'll take it. I'm a fan. <laughs> yes, lady so that works with tigers for sure. <laughs> um so ever since then, uh because it goes into all of this kind of womanhood situation you know and I it's it's not the book that I want to talk about uh per se I don't know how to phrase it so I'm going to start with a question okay um and see where it takes us all right growing up what was your kind of I don't know because I don't want to I don't want to sound mainstream and too into this kind of modern topic of gender and queerness like yeah there's nothing wrong with that but that's not where I want to get to mm-hmm. um but kind of what was your sort of self idea of yourself like were you did you think of yourself as a girly girl or more of a tomboy or like did you have any thoughts on that growing up because I certainly okay. was very much a tomboy myself you know yeah um I think I was like an in-between sort of thing. Like, I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag because on the one hand, for example, I remember hating my uniform in school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because of like... But this okay, is like teenage if you, you think about or, or child Dressing, you. which I think is like an important element... Mm, I don't know, maybe child me? Mm. Are we talking like elementary? Yeah. Okay. But you know, okay, so what I was saying is throughout our entire lives so far, right? <laughs> I think that we've had to use uniforms for what? It's like six years of middle school, three years of, uh, I mean, six years of elementary, three years of middle school, which is nine years, more or mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. Like a third ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if like half the time you're wearing a uniform, that I think doesn't let you establish like a, an identity on your own, kind of, you know, except for the one time, like maybe in the weekend where you can choose your clothes or whatever. Um, and I remember a lot of times my grandma would go visit my uncle in the U.S. and she would buy me a bunch of clothes. And they were Mm -hmm. mostly, like, Super girly? Okay. Yeah, but it was a combination of being a super girly t-shirt with, like, flowers. And it was pink. And then also being very square-looking. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, the t-shirt I'm wearing is just, like, it's a crop top, so it's very square and has, like, no shape. Mm-hmm, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like that, but long, right? Right. So okay. it, it was not like a, uh, like a strappy thing, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. and I I can remember, not exactly, but 
like the time in my life when I decided that I was going to tell my grandma to stop buying clothes for me because I hated them. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole thing. She was like, oh, fine, you don't want me to pick your clothes for you. You can choose you whatever you want. And I was like, oh. yes, thank you. Um, and I, I tried to be fashionable. Like, chic, maybe, is what mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. go for. Especially because, as a kid, I wanted to be a fashion designer, and I loved watching, like... You wanted to be a shows. fashion designer? Yeah, I did. What? <laughs> yeah. This is news to me, people. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wanted to... Do you, I, I don't know if you ever watched, like, Project Runway and stuff like that. I have, I have. I love... My mom and I used to watch that all the time. And... So I had, like, that sense of style and fashion. Not, like, super girly cute. No. Mm-hmm. That has never been my thing. I don't think... See, that it, this is part of that conversation that I'm, I was hoping we would have. Because I never did have a sense of fashion. You know? Growing yeah. up... Because you know Nicole? Nicole was always, like, my fashion friend. And she yeah. was always the one that knew how to look pretty and everything. Even if she didn't try to you know that was just like her thing yeah um and she was more of the artist and she could draw and she could dance and that was very much her Mm -hmm. um even though I wouldn't say that she was girly you know she it wasn't I don't know she has her own vibe yeah (laughs) totally she's edgy um but I was I was such a tomboy I was not I wish I had had some sort of guidance kind mm-hmm. of but I don't know if 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 I had had guidance I don't know how I would have taken it because I also was not into authority so yeah. who knows how that would have gone um but you know what's funny like the thing is the other day me and my brother were at work and we were talking about gender and stuff because of the things yeah. that I'm reading and the conversation we're having and um for some reason, we, like, looked at our clothes, mm-hmm. and we were, like, dressed the same. <laughs> you know, we were wearing, uh, like, baggy kind of military pants. Yeah. And we had, like, a hoodie on and sort of shoes, like, like sneakery shoes, but not not pretty, just, like, you know, they were for work. They were for, like, yeah. walking on the snow and stuff. And it was, like, a funny moment, a funny kind of realization of, like, we're dressed the same. Um, and it was it was just because he has told me before that when we were kids or more like when I was a kid because yeah. he is 10, <laughs> 13 years older than me. Uh, I did not know this detail that he just told me, he says that one time I threw all of my clothes away, which is the part that I didn't know. (laughs) What I did know is that I told my mom that I wanted to dress all in black like my big brothers, you know? And apparently, (laughs) so she would buy me more clothes, I threw all of my clothes away, which I was like, just, just now when he told me, I was like, seriously? I threw all my clothes away? Um... No idea what my mom did. I should ask her. Uh, she definitely yeah. didn't buy me all black clothes like my big brothers. 
you know. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I do think that there is a lot of influence in me growing up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom not being too involved, you know. She was, it was work mostly. Yeah. Um, and she does have her own sort of idea of fashion, but it was never mine. So yeah. it, that that wasn't something that I could, you know, get into with her. And that thing of someone buying you stuff that you don't like, I definitely had that. Um, I remember yeah. my dad would try to give me gifts and I was just like, no. <laughs> I remember clearly. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was a campaign uh, by... Mm-hmm. I don't know who or what, but there were there 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 were these watches and they were different colors and you could like depending on which color watch you bought, you would support a certain cause. Yeah, I think I remember. Does that, that sound familiar? Yeah. Okay. So, they were big watches, you know, um they weren't girly or no, mhm, delicate, you know. They were super tiny um, though. So I wanted one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted one of those. And of course I wanted, I think the green one was for the animals. And I was like, ah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, so at some point I told my dad that I wanted like a big watch. That, that was mm-hmm. my way of describing it because I didn't know how, what else to call it. You know, I didn't think of it as a manly watch. I just knew <laughs> that I didn't want this kind of like girly, delicate looking jewelry thing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. and <laughs> my sweet dad got me this kind of super flowery, big, it was big, you know? So like, it was big. That's what I asked for. <laughs> um, it was a big round watch with one of those straps that you could like, that coiled on itself yeah, or, and yeah. you can straighten. It was yeah. one of those. Um, but it was like flowery, it was green and everything, you know? It, it had some things going for it, but I was like, this is so far away from who I am. And it would make me sad. It would make me sad that my dad didn't know what I would like and I wouldn't like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I know. I remember those watches. I wanted one of those too, and I never got it. I did get the, the green one eventually. But I remember that my dad... Um, Well, you know, my dad. <laughs> so so he, um, to, to just, like, make a point of what I'm going for here, is he has, I'm not kidding, I think a collection of, like, 30-something watches? More, I'm, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. more than 30, like. Okay, okay. Um, and so when I was, like, 15 or something, I would never, I get That was not a thing. I didn't like them. I didn't wear them. And just when they started becoming fashionable, like those ice ones, um, he, <clears throat> Jesus, uh, he got me, uh, I think it was one of those like chunky big watches, but it was not one of those. It was something else. Mm. I, um, I really like chunky watches. Like, uh, I lived for them. Yeah. And... I remember that I was like, 
I mean, thank you. <laughs> but but it was it's a, it's a thing like you have this idea of what you want and then mm. being I think adults who don't know what we're talking about they're like I guess this one will work you know and then they would just give mm. that to us but then mm-hmm. and I remember this that like around that time of high school um when I had that like chunky watch that I liked I ended up getting also a collection of my own. Um, mm-hmm. And there were a few that I really liked. And I remember very clearly that one of my favorites, I don't know if I got it around high school, maybe like sometime between high school and starting college. It's a unisex watch and it's huge. Like it's super heavy. It's blue and white. And mm-hmm. I had it like that was my regular watch for a very long time until I switched to like, Fitbits and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the, the like I really liked it. But the moment I got it, I also had this feeling of like, oh, is it too too boyish? Like you did, you had that thought, yeah. Because there's always been like this 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 like um, questioning, I guess. Of I'm am intrigued. I is my look girly enough? Is it like pretty enough or something like that and I remember for example especially specifically yeah in high school when most of the day was being in class going from one classroom to the other um when we left we had you know like classes afterwards and stuff so I was mostly dressing for comfort so it would just be jeans and a t-shirt and I think that's the less creative, less girly look I've ever had. Yeah. Like, in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's very different. Like, that entire high school sort of look is very different from the um, from the beginning high school look that I had. Because I was super preppy when we <laughs> first started. Like, I think the first semester or something, I would wear, like, polo shirts, with, which were fashionable. At the time. Oh, I hate polo shirts. I but now I hate, hate them, them with my yeah, heart. Oh, Jesus. I, I threw them all away. I cannot stand them anymore. I cannot but stand. I have. I, I was never <laughs> able to stand a polo shirt. I don't know where. You know what? Like, I don't know where that comes from. But whenever someone tried to put, put me in a polo shirt, like, mm-hmm. like, in my body, like, if I get so, I have, I have a serious physical reaction to the idea of wearing a polo shirt and I don't know where it comes from no I'm seriously not to that extent maybe but I do like oh I find them so uncomfortable now like they're so like the 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 um the fabric is not that soft and they're like cardony yeah they're not nice at all you know and then the neck ew no I'm just like, no. <laughs> but, oh, Jesus. And I remember this one day. I I don't know if you're going to... Anyway, there was this guy whom I think we didn't like. I don't want to name him. I don't know I if don't I'm going to know li- who it is. I don't think but he's going to listen to this. But he was like tall, skinny, Let's see if I find out. Mean. Who are- tall, skinny, mean. There's two options, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I was just going to say, I have two people in my mind. <laughs> 
know which one. Um, how, how do I distinguish between them? Um, Are we talking blonde hair or non-blonde hair? Yeah, yeah, blonde, blonde. (laughs) And there was this one day when I I can, I swear, it was something like this. I think we had almost the same shirt. Like, I was wearing like a greenish polo shirt. Uh And he had like the same shade of green almost, also polo shirt. And I was like, oh my freaking God, (laughs) what is this? I think you dislike him more than I did. <laughs> I think so, too. Anyway, that informed <laughs> my decision of never wearing polo shirts again. But, um, but they were, like, okay, they were preppy. And mm-hmm. there's, a, like, a preppy girly style thing that I, yeah, I had going on. Um, I would wear... Uh, but did I, you feel like you had to? Them. Like, you wanted to be girly because you had to? Or, like... I mean, Did you yeah. Feel but it was girly, not like, you know. I mean, like, I felt girly in some outfits. Um, I think there's there's outfits that are very specifically like, oh, this is so girly, but it's that you liked. A, yeah, like, do you remember? Um, I think I had a major wardrobe transformation coming back from Sweden. And I hate mm-hmm. that we always talk about like I feel like it sounds so presumptuous. Anyway, so but when I came back, I, I felt like I had I started dressing very differently than before. Like I would wear a lot more dresses and skirts mm-hmm. and it was a combination of I think I don't love the fashion style, like the mainstream American fashion style, you know? I Being- think being like uh, think of I don't know what Lizzie McGuire looked like <laughs> or or how wow Lizzie like, McGuire the way people look like on TV shows like how mm-hmm. I mean th- this is very old fashioned right but yeah I was gonna like are, are we talking modern or like 90s but even modern if you think of a modern TV show and uh, of how people dress. Like, I, I can't even think of what they look what, like. like they I mean, this is not modern, so... but like friends? No, that's like way. Yeah, that, that's trendy now because it's the 90s. And I think it's sort of that aesthetic is sort of coming back and that's being trendy. And kids that are younger than us love it and they dress. So, what sort is it? Like but, but what is the but, thing that you are talking about? I'm talking about there's a European sort of style that's very different okay. from American style of dressing and like aesthetic and clothing and stuff, which okay. I started really liking. And it's a lot more sober and more mm. okay, maybe edgy. I don't know, but I remember, for example, this one day in school where I was wearing this like green dress that I really like. And oh, I the one that I H&M. like? Yeah. And I bought an H&M. And one of the my uh, classmates was like, oh, you got that in Sweden, right? That looks so Swedish. And I was like, I mean... No. No? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you, if you think that H&M is Swedish, then yeah, sure. Long shot-ish. <laughs> um, but that's like the style, you know? Like, urban, neutral... 
polished mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Kind of. Okay. Rather than, I don't know, something else. <laughs> but, 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 and within that, I think there's, there's no longer, um, like a direct gender association with it. It's, it's not like, this is super girly, this is not girly enough. And there's, there's times when I know that I feel very self-conscious if I wear something like super girly. Like I have this white dress that has a bunch Mm -hmm. of flowers in it. And I Mm -hmm. don't really wear it that much because I'm like, this is like a little too much. This is not me. You know? I see. Mhm. Mhm. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that tells you. I don't know what's the next question. <laughs> I mean, it's just this whole kind of cuz I I the thing that keeps gnawing at me is this sort of what is girly and what is boyish. Like I think not quite that, but like, what does it mean? What what does feminine even mean right now, or what does masculine even mean right now? So there's uh, this one episode in Pockets in the Universe where I'm talking to Carlos, who is kind of mm-hmm. going through this experience of finding his femininity and and wanting to be more girly, like you know. Um, and I think at some point in my conversation with him, I said that maybe at some point the words feminine and masculine are not going to mean anything to us anymore, you know, because if you're coming from this, like, uh, a man and a woman can do anything, um, you know, what if, if, um, because we're talking about clothes right now, you know, so... If a girl can wear whatever she likes and if a guy can wear whatever he likes, mm-hmm. what does what does girly clothes and manly clothes even mean anymore? You know, like that's I'm like, is it even a thing anymore? Is it not I a mean, thing? I think it kinda is. And I'm gonna take a sli- like a brief detour that I just thought of. Um so for this this femininity and masculinity clothes thing I think for one has to do with how clothes are made and Mm. there's this for example there's this episode in the office where Michael comes to work on a women's suit which everybody makes fun of Uh (laughs) and it's very clear like when you look at it it is very clear that it's a woman it's a women's suit because of the way it's tailored made yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um so there's, there's, I think, a bit of that, of how if you put on a guy's T-shirt, let's say you, you have know, a medium-sized... You know, it's a guy's T-shirt. Yeah, like, it's even if it's medium-sized, right? The it's framed differently. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's quite like, guys are a yes. lot more squarey, and ours yeah, are made like, more, like, yeah. curvy. Yeah. Um, and also, I do think there's... A component of attitude and like however you feel with what you're wearing, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Billie Eilish mm-hmm. with this. Um, who, I mean, I'm not a huge follower of her or anything. I I like some of her songs and I've seen 
her, like, on interviews and stuff. And I think she's a funny-looking girl in the sense that she has this colorful hair, colorful hair and long-ass nails. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wears, like, huge baggy clothes that make her look like a rapper, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like combining sort of two aesthetics of the rapper look and then the girly nails hair thing with a lot of jewelry and a lot of uh, like bling. I don't Interesting. know. Um, mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem very girly, but she does seem feminine to me. You know, oh. and I think there's a distinction there also. Yeah, yeah. What is this distinction of like feminine so, or girly? Because girly, I think, and implies a bit of childishness, or it's more. I was gonna say more of a, like the stereotype. I think girly is more of this like flowery, yeah. delicate yeah. idea. Yes, but yes. feminine. I think feminine could look like anything. Yes, exactly. Because feminine, I like that like a power suit, right? I and like that. Yes, like a boss ass lady with a power suit looks amazing and looks super feminine anyway, right? Yeah, I agree. And then you can have like the stereotypical rom com uh, star who dresses in flowers and walks like she's floating, and you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. I like that distinction, that's, that's, you know, like that, that helps me. Yeah. And masculinity, I mean, there's also on, I'm, I'm going, I think I'm going on another direction there where there's like, for example, my dad, I was having this conversation mm-hmm. with him the other day where he was not jokingly, but he's like that, you know, older generation sort of people. And we were watching something on TV, <laughs> and he was like, I am genuinely curious. Do you know of any show, n- news, like, spectacles, spectacles, that was like glasses, um, like, showbiz, yes. news, <laughs> person, man, who is not gay? Like, and he was thinking of gossip shows on TV who, like, Whose oh. anchors are always, like, super, like, girly boys. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't think I can name one. And so, when I think of men who are not that masculine, I think that comes a lot to mind. More than what they're wearing, because they would normally wear, like, regular average men. But mm-hmm. their mannerisms are what convey their femininity. You know? Rather than their clothes. Mm. Unless you're talking See, about trans women or something like that. Let's not. <laughs> but yeah, just no, because we don't know enough. Not for mm-hmm. any other reason, right? Yeah. Um, we need to have someone who knows what they're talking about. Exactly. So, from our experiences and the way we see things. Yes. You know, because we found this, you know, girly is more of this stereotype and then feminine is this empowerment and whatever you want can be feminine because it is a woman who's wearing it. 
right? Yes. I guess that's kind of where it comes from. But what's the the male counterpart there? You know, like is Jaden Smith wearing a skirt masculine? Is he, can he have that sort of a male empowerment where even though it's a skirt, the way that even though a girl is wearing a power suit, it's still feminine? Can he still be masculine? Or is that, you know what I mean? Like, is that... Is, yeah, I know what you mean. Is it the and same for them? There's a double standard there in general. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. One, it's one definitely thing, like, easier brain. for us to wear pants than it is for yeah, them yeah. to wear skirts. Like... Yeah. It has um, been. Maybe that's changing. I just have this image of Outlander and men in kilts mm. in my head, but um, <laughs> if I <Yes>. focus <laughs> again, <laughs> I, like, I think, I don't know if this Jaden thing, I don't know if you saw it somewhere, but I know that Michael B. No, no, it's not Michael B. Jordan. I'm having, I'm mixing people up. <laughs> the son, Michael Jordan's son, okay. whose name I don't know, has or had a TV show where he does some fashion thingy. Oh. And on the, um, on the spot, like the TV announcement, whatever, mm-hmm. he comes out, like he's walking down the street wearing a skirt and heels, and I the thing there is that that to me reflects like his femininity because he's going for that like he wants to be feminine i think i don't know that's what so I'm he's not going for a male skirt yeah no he's not going for a male skirt but i can see jaden going for a male skirt yes which i think is very uncommon but that does not mean that it's not masculine like i can see him being uh, masculine, masculine in a skirt. Wear a skirt. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Masculine yes, skirt I think. So. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And you know, it it kind of makes me think of even I don't know if it's funny or silly, but even you know, like think of Gladiator and those kinds of movies or yeah. series where men are wearing like tiny, tiny skirts, and yeah. they look damn good. I know. So like, I'm or, like. Or- can that be know. a thing? Can that be a masculine thing that like, we do dude, now? Because oh, no. they do look um, good. <laughs> like the thing where also, like leggings used to be a male thing, you know? I think in like 15th century fashion or something. Mm-hmm. All the way to maybe They were? 16th. I don't know. Yeah, they were. If you watch, I mean, I don't know how historically accurate it is. I think it's like okay but if you watch the um romeo and juliet movie from the 60s mm-hmm. the all the guys are wearing leggings and also mm. take a look at um even i mean they have they had breeches on then but mm. if you look at outlander like i was saying with the kilts underneath them i mean underneath the breeches that they were right they had like pantyhose sort of yeah stuff. yeah well, um, yeah, but you're talking about, like, before girls were wearing Yes, so my point is... Pants. Because fashion evolves. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if in 20 years it is perfectly normal to see a guy with a skirt, right? Like, I... Right. Yeah, 
<laughs> not that it's not normal. I think our question, or at least mine, it wasn't so much. It's about finding this. Yeah, I know. kind of what like even though a skirt is girly, quote unquote, it still can be manly in a man. Yeah, and probably manly in a woman. Like you know, uh, it gets all. Yeah. Weird. See, that's what I'm like. What is what is to be masculine? What is to be feminine? So if a if a manly skirt on Jaden is masculine, is that manly skirt in a woman feminine? Because it's a woman. See, that's where I'm like, I don't. I think it depends so, on the person. I that makes okay. me go back to the whole attitude thing, you know, of like what you're trying to convey. But so so in this conversation, there's still a feminine quality and a masculine quality. Like they still exist. Yeah, I think they do. So intriguing. I'm just I'm just so kind of trying to <laughs> wrap my head around it. Um, in in this whole conversation and thing going on in my head, I I started reading another book mm-hmm. called. Uh, something <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> right now. Um, something, something about someone. gender. Yes, exactly. The end of gender is what it's called. Hmm. Um, Interesting. by Dr. Deborah So, and okay. I'm very early in the book. Mm-hmm. However, what I can tell you now is that. So she goes on talking about how today, you know, we may be going too far to one side, trying to compensate for all the wrongdoing of where we were. Yeah. You know, so she's just kind of, from what I can tell from very early in the book where I'm at, she's just advocating that we don't let this kind of, over empathizing movement to lead us away from like science basically it's kind of what she's saying Mm -hmm. um and she goes on to explain you know a lot of times right now in the media people are using sex and gender as if they were the same thing and we're like when i read that i was like is that still happening because they told me that in Uh, yeah college and like i i wouldn't think that keeps happening but apparently it keeps happening um and people are saying sex where they should say gender and gender where they should say sex. Well, um, yeah, I can still see that happening, especially in Mexico. Yeah. Well, so that's happening. Uh, so she's like, science, please just listen to the science. And not only that, uh, she's a sexologist. So that's where she's mm-hmm. coming from. And well, sexologist turned journalist. And she goes on to saying how you know this going like too far over this over empathizing over including situation to call it something Mm -hmm. is taking away from science and especially biology and especially to sex and gender you know like she says that and i don't know exactly how this checks with the scientists Mm -hmm. Um, maybe someone can tell us that sex 
because there's there's I have at least in psychology, you know, I or in my groups of people, I have heard how there's the, like um, hormonal sex and uh, DNA sex and well yeah. genetic sex and and this sex and this other sex and the other sex and mm -hmm. there's many sexes apparently, and she's like, no, there is not <laughs> all of these sexes. She is like, sex is not even determined by what's between your legs. It's not determined by the DNA. It's not determined by anything except for your, what's the term? Like sperm or eggs, basically. Okay. Gonads? You know, yes, exactly. It's by gonads. So if you produce sperm, you're a male. If you produce uh, eggs, you're a female. Yeah, that's where she's coming from, and I'm like, all right, you know, like yeah. I said, I don't know how that tracks. Um, if that is what the science community has come to understand or not, uh, but that's where she's coming from, and so she establishes that you know, sex is mm -hmm. only by the gonads. That's that's that, and she says, right now, I, I like I said, I still need a lot to read from her, uh -huh. but she, the thing is that she said. Something that I was like, wait, what? That gender is not a social construct, which I was like, I thought we had established that it is a social construct. I thought that was like the new thing. And she's like, no. And so she says that she will continue talking about this later. And I haven't gotten to that part. Oh, but what, what? Hold on, hold on. She has said something. <laughs> I mean, I have read something um, about this whole thing. And she says... Maybe she will go on to say that there is a social aspect to it, but her point so far is that there is a biological aspect to gender, not sex. I mean, of course, sex, you know, but yeah. gender as well. And she goes on to say that um, because, you know, when the, like the fetus is in the womb and it decides that it's going to go to the male direction, then it starts... Uh, secreting or producing testosterone, right? And mm -hmm. if it's not going to go down that road, then it doesn't produce testosterone. Um, and that kind of influences the biology of, of the fetus and what's going to become the baby, you know? Because like it or not, we do have different sort of bodies, you know? Yeah we're made different so yeah i i i think that's what she means and she also goes on to say because i think she is on the side of the lgbtq community like mm -hmm. i don't think she's one of those sort of conservative conservative scientists that is like no you are all wrong or whatever mm -hmm. i think she's just like on that side but wants to be cautious and be like let's not go too yeah. far so that we're not listening to science. Um, so she goes on to say that there is male and female. And mm -hmm. just because there's people that can, that not necessarily fall into one or the other, you know, like intersex people, if you're talking about sex or yeah. um, non-binary or, you know, sorts like that, um, yeah. that doesn't mean that the, she says that that doesn't mean that sex and gender are spectrums, you know, um, mm -hmm. which I think it's something very popular to say right now. I didn't know it was something people said about sex, but I guess it is. 
I, I have and, seen something like that, yeah. And but it is something I have heard said about gender. Um yeah. and she says, like, no, it's still male and female. Um and just because there is like exceptions to the rule, which is perfectly fine and it's still natural, that doesn't mean that we have to go on and create a whole new sort of identity of the human being. And she gives this example, and I don't know if it's silly or if it's just simple enough, where it's like, mm -hmm. um, just because there's people that are born with two, one or two extra or one or two less fingers or toes or whatever, that doesn't mean that the human uh, body comes with, I don't know, the 18 to 22 fingers. You know, it comes with 20. We just say that it comes with 20. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm just, I'm very intrigued about this whole like gender, biological gender. And then, you know, because then my, my head has just been going on and on about what does it all mean in the gender situation and what it is sort of this philosophical, spiritual female energy and masculine energy so that's that's what's been happening that's what that's what this bringing it to our conversation oh this is it i think uh, you kind of dropped a bomb in there <laughs> you know yeah because on the one on the one hand i'm thinking of this And, and we had this conversation before um, before recording that episode with Carlos for Pockets. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I was asking you one time, like, like seriously, what is it with non-binary people and gender fluidity? I don't get the gender fluid thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm too much of a white cis female <laughs> um, <laughs> to know, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Um, but I would really like to understand where that comes from. Um, and what it looks like, you know, what does that mean for somebody that says that they're non-binary or that they're, um, gender fluid or, or whatever they say they are, um, because I don't get it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a part of me, I think is very conservative about this whole thing. And so I can really understand and it kind of resonates with me this thing that this lady doctor what's her name <laughs> is saying about <laughs> the biology of it yeah um the biology of it of, because I have sort of thought about it that way you know like you're either I mean there's of course that intersex thing um where yeah your DNA doesn't match your organs or your I don't know, a combination of whatever. Um, and on the one hand, I see that people want visibility. Yeah, psychologically, you know? I very much understand this whole idea of like want, wanting there to be a term for you if you don't yeah. identify with, with what's on the table, you know? Yeah. Um, But also I think people are just like coming up and with like more and more explanations and terms and stuff that is maybe a little bit much. Like, do we need all these like 20 different names for something or are we just making them up because we can? 
Um, and maybe I'm too close-minded. I don't know. Um, but I do think because of that no that lack of experience like a first-hand mm. feeling experience. that somebody else might have and so they feel validated when you come up and you're like so i have this new word for what i'm feeling and what i'm thinking and this is it right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and and for example i had that feeling in particular when i was watching this video on youtube about um i think it's it's a it's a it's a show where they have um, like several different people from a specific group or that categorize themselves within that group and they have a spectrum so they answer they have questions of like strongly agree to strongly disagree and people have to choose what their answer is Mm -hmm. Um, and they had one I think with asexual people who were like so what is what does being asexual mean to you um and what and and like several questions and I was like I just from your answers I just think you're a normal person you know I don't see what um what's the asexuality in it yeah because because what would they say yeah there was this one girl for example I think I remember that said you know I just I just don't want to have sex all the time and I'm not attracted to people and like, I, I do like the idea of romantic love, but I don't necessarily want to just have sex every moment of every day. And I was like, I mean, that's a normal person. What I, I, I mean, you know, I have had yeah. that experience. I think many people have had that experience. I've talked with my friends about stuff like that. I don't see why that puts you in that asexual um, category. Identity. Or, yeah. Mm. Um, and then somebody else was saying something like, um, no, yeah, I do have sex. They, they were asking, like, how often do you have or have you ever had sex or something? And I think almost everybody was like, I've had sex. I just don't think it's amazing. And I was like, I mean... And that's I why guess, they consider themselves asexual? Yeah, I, I, I think it would be worth it to take another look at the video, probably. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but but my point is that from all the questions and the the answers that they were giving they were something like that and so a part of me was like so if I took what they said word for word and I applied it to myself I could also say I'm asexual mm-hmm. but you know like I, 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 I know I'm not so so it's like how at what point did they do they define themselves um or they decide that they belong in this category or this other category, and that they're different from other people. Because to me, it just seems like they have not had a conversation with other people that tell them like, "Oh yeah, I'm the same." Or maybe they have, but mm-hmm. the like the conclusion that all the people in that conversation have is, "Oh, we're all the same." Then we're probably like this because we don't we're not normal. But there's like there's no benchmark, you know, or right because normal could like be. That. Do yeah. not want to have sex all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe just porn stars are the only people that want to have sex all the time. I have no idea. So do you but, think... So now that that exa- that specifically now makes me think that it's very out of this... Make, oh, wow. I'm like, 
what is happening right now? Because I'm like, does it have to do maybe with like all of the globalization and social media and content and content and content that we are, that, that we can, that we're able to get so easily where we see this idea of what normal is. So then all of these people that don't fit the exact concept of yeah. what social media is showing us, then they're like, oh, I don't fit with that. So then I must be this other thing. I don't fit with that thing. So I must be yeah, this other. Maybe a little bit of that as well. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of an interesting point because I was just um, on, I was editing an episode of politics and one of the guys was saying this thing of, we all had COVID at about the same time. And he was doing research about, the effects and lung COVID and all of that stuff. And he was saying that he found this article that said that some um, after after effects, some <laughs> effects, like long-term or whatever, not necessarily lung COVID, but some uh, of the things that might happen to you is that you have shorter attention spans and less, uh, like, lose your fitness, you know, sort of thing. And he was like, I mean, sure. But have you, have you analyzed it from a different point of view of maybe COVID is not the culprit of all these things? Maybe it's the fact that we spend all day sitting in front of a computer what has us with less of an ability to run. Oh, because have, of the pandemic? So yeah, like, oh, right? or I see Or because that. we stare at our phones all day and our, our attention span is to just enough to watch a 10 second video and then we're bored right yeah. it's hard for people now to watch a two hour long movie right because you know the pandemic and covid um, are are both happening at the same time yeah. so maybe what we think is because of covid it's because of all the isolation and being yes. you know mm -hmm. yes <laughs> i see i see what he's saying so in that way i do think there's a bit of that where There's, there's this um, multitude of voices that you can come in contact with through social media, right? But there's this also algorithm that tailors content to deliver what you want to see or what will reward your brain the most or whatever. So within that, then yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a bias that maybe you have on where if you don't feel the way people are telling you you should feel, then you're something else. And so you have to categorize that. You have to like come up with a term to understand it, which I get, right? Of course, that that's how language works and that's how we build knowledge and, and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, by coining new terms and uh, explaining things in a different way. But I do think there's a point where... Um, There's too much. And maybe the next thing I'm thinking about is this, what I thought was very interesting in how she phrased it, the over-empathizing. I think that might be something I'm paraphrasing. Oh, well, I, I think she, that... I guess she said something similar. No, I mean, the word choice, though. I like that because I, I think it's a thing of... I had sent you this video the other day that I don't know if you ended up watching or not, but it's a comedy guy. Um mm -hmm who at some point makes this joke about the um, 
being overly um, politically correct and mm. too careful and, you know, being offended by everything. Mm. And he mm-hmm. was saying that he had this show where he was making a joke about a blind guy, a blind guy, and this blind man was like right in front of him in the audience and they were mm-hmm. having fun they were laughing the blind guy and was, someone like, else got offended blast. for yeah. the blind and guy just, like yes and so it's like what it wasn't with about? you like yeah. if he's not offended or you know exactly. if that person's not offended then what what do you have to be offended for yeah so what what is this where's that coming from you know i'm i'm so blown away by that of of this advocating for the little person, but maybe the little person doesn't give a fuck, you know, or maybe the little he, person is okay. He's, yeah, he's completely fine with it. But you know, you know, uh, see, because I understand, I I sad, get, but no, no, no yeah. I think it's fine. Oh, um, okay. I think because I. The way, because I've had sort of a similar conversation with my brother. My brother yeah. is very much on this sort of like um side of your generation is just making up stuff and words and things that they don't need and you know stuff like that um and for the most part i used to just not pay attention like not care that that was you know i didn't took i didn't take him seriously i was like you're too close-minded you know don't But, you know, I think he has a point. And I think this over-empathizing thing has to do with the conversations I've had with him. Um, and I, the way I've talked to him about it and the way I've come to sort of think of it is that we were on one side where people are being oppressed, you know, and so many people, you know, if, if you're not a white male, you were oppressed. And even... Within the white males, they were oppressed within each other. So oppression, oppression, oppression everywhere. So now (laughs) we're having this so many movements and revolutions every day trying to move away from that, Mm -hmm. where I think the process is trying, is taking us to the other extreme, but I think that's natural. So at some point we're going to go from one side to the other and slowly kind of push each other towards the center hope so that's kind of that might be my optimistic self speaking um hold on let me plug my computer (laughs) um (laughs) because i want to mention something else that i was listening to and and because now now that we're in this topic yeah well we're like almost one hour all right so that you keep that in me okay okay all right, so like cards on the table. Yeah, I was I was seriously going through like an identity, not a crisis, but like a real identity journey with this whole male female thing. Um, mm-hmm. And because of the the end of gender book that I was reading and this whole thing about biological gender and stuff like that, I was like, what else is the science community telling us about gender? And there's this podcast called Ologies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really follow that podcast. I just looked for something and this popped up and, and, um, it was about neuroendocrinology, um, and gender. Uh And, 
um, they talk about how in the animal kingdom, there's a lot that we don't know that I didn't know about uh, of like fluidity, you know, yeah. and what I remember most is um, this doctor guy, or I guess, I mean, I guess I think they are queer. So this doctor um, <laughs> that say, saying that whenever, you know, I, I do know some of the nature of big cats, you know. Um, yeah, the girl who runs with tigers and all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it is known to some extent that when mm -hmm. there's a pride of lions and the alpha lion, let's call it, has babies and whatever, and let's say that something happens to that male lion and he dies or, I don't know, some, mm -hmm. uh, some other lion challenges him and they win. So the second male lion is going to try to kill and eat all of the baby cubs that were not his so that he can mate with the females and have his own cubs. Mm -hmm. um, so what they were saying is that there are these female lions that if, if there is no male lion in the pack and there's another male lion trying to come in and own the pack or whatever, she will kind of grow a mane and and have a deeper roar to kind of fight this maleness and and protect the cubs that her sisters have. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, wow. Wow, that's insane. But you know what it reminded me of? There's, I don't exactly know, you maybe know more than I do, But I think there's this fish that uh -huh. is born as a male and then he goes through some metamorphosis. Yeah, and they can change and they, genders. Yeah, and they, sex. Yeah. They can change sex, not yes. genders. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, wow, that's crazy. I do know that there are, you know, differences in the animal kingdom and animals that can do all sorts of things. I was not expecting a mammal to be able to do... And, and yeah. like a lion, a lioness to be able to do that. But I'm also not surprised. I feel like in nature, if you're lacking something, it kind of takes care of it on its own. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my point in bringing that story and saying that I was really having like this identity journey and mm -hmm. I was thinking about this whole male-female conundrum. Are you going to grow mane up <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> No, but I was really trying to understand me, where I come from, and and this whole male versus female, and me feeling like I grew up being very tomboy and trying to find my femininity in it. And I also, I've, I've been getting so much content lately. Like, it's insane. My brain is just, like, overstimulated, I guess. Because I listened to the Alicia Keys book, and it's so pretty. That can be my rec of today. I really liked it. It's so sweet. And she reads it herself, the audiobook, and uh, uh. and she talks about how she is also a tomboy. Um, and the way she talks about it and how sort of mm -hmm. empowered and feminine I felt that she is, even though yeah. she's very tomboyish, I was like, I can, I can be that, you know, I can be feminine yeah. in being a tomboy. 
Um, even though now, you know, I talk of being a tomboy, but that was me growing up. Now I feel like I can be girly and I'm okay with it. There's some some girly stuff that I'm still not a fan of. But you know what? Um, I think if, as a instance, whenever you say you're tomboyish, and I do sort of see that, but you're also very girly. Like, especially over the last yeah. five years. Lately, lately, I've become more girly, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't it. I was not. Um, and I remember very clearly, I might have said this before somewhere. I don't know if in another cup of tea or maybe in a pocket. Maybe in a pocket. But I remember very clearly one Christmas... Um, I was somewhere between a kid and a teenager. It was early days. Mm-hmm. Um, and an aunt of mine lent me a dress for Christmas. Oh, and I think you said that. Yes, uh-huh. right? And I, and I put it on and I looked at myself in the mirror and I just cried. But I didn't have any thought process. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I don't feel this way. It wasn't, oh, I don't like this dress. There was nothing in my head. It was just a feeling of wrong and I cried (laughs) you know and I think um I've been going through all of this and thinking how my mom didn't let me be a lot of times because she wanted me to be more girly and Mm -hmm. I mean I had these two big man brothers and I was like I want to be like them they look cool um Mm. and my mom was like not having it (laughs) Um, but my point in all of this is that in, in this story in my head that I'm trying to make sense of, I got to a point of like, does that mean like, am I queer? Is that like, because I don't identify this way or this other way, but you know what? In reality, I, I, I don't I like seeing myself as a female understanding that a female can be anything she wants to be yeah you know what I mean so I'm, I just feel like maybe a little bit of what you're saying where it's like there's so many choices and there's so many labels and there's so many things um where it's like if it if it if it works for someone I that's I think that's the best thing I mean but that doesn't mean, and this is just my experience with it, you know, I'm just yeah, rambling okay. about it. Um, <laughs> but just because some other people may need to identify some way, that doesn't mean that I have to identify that way. Mm-hmm. And if I'm cool being a female who is a tomboy, who is also girly, then that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah, just I know what you mean. quite I the just... ride. No, I get it, because it's a thing of, um, I sort of can equate it to whenever there's days when I don't want to dress up, you know, or, yeah. or I, I, I'm just going to be like in shorts and a t-shirt all day and I'm not going to do my hair and I'm not going to do anything. And then there's other days where just now, for example, as we were like preparing to record and everything, um, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I put on a little makeup and, and I was like, I look, I, I like the way I look today. And I look very, I wouldn't say necessarily girly or feminine. I just look 
like very much like me mm-hmm. you know kind of like what we were saying on that episode about self-image and how you want to um how you want to portray yourself to the word and the image that you want to give mm-hmm. or send mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. um so i think it is a lot more like that i don't think an, a label is necessary I, like I don't think that I need to say, I feel tomboyish today, or I feel very girly today, or mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I think it's just, uh, depending on like my mood and what I'm doing, and because it's for just example, you. Yeah, and and there's I and I can sort of remember this this thing of not being super girly or super stylish mm-hmm. in high school. I remember there were times when. In school, for example, I had to make the practical choice of I'm going to wear, you know, the, like, boots, like, I don't know what they're called, like, Timberlands. Oh, oh, Timberlands. um, And be practical, and I'm going to wear a shirt because I'm going to go work and do stuff, and I'm going to, like, carry boxes and do heavy things that require me not to be in a dress. Right, because that would be very impractical, and so in in that choice, there's also this feeling of I'm not super girly today, like I'm not like nice and flowy and whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I still know that, in spite of that, um, and I have I think this this is very specific memory I think of that exact look that I'm describing, and one of my friends being like. I like the look of your hat. Like, I like your look. It looks very, like, um, I think, like, glamping or something is what she said. I'm like, a fan. I mean, sure. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, that was not at all what I thought it looked like. I mean, that, like, boots, jeans, and a t-shirt, that's that's my go-to. It's, yeah. like, the nicest thing. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like... Yes, when I think of the story of the lion, or like not the story because it's not made up. It's not like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. apparently it's a thing. Um, yeah. When I think of that, it's like she's still a lion, lioness, yeah. if you want. Um, but but just because you know she she grew a mane and she had to change her roar in order to like protect the other cubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's there's no need to say that she's different. Yeah. You know, she's still a lion. Yeah. I don't know what this says about us. Um <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know. I'm I'm you know this is one of the things where I I'm thinking, for example, with a um Editing another podcast, the politics thing. I've had to have conversations um, with the guys about their self-censorship and the topics that they want to avoid or things that Mm -hmm. they don't want to say. Um, And interestingly to me, it's not that they want to be politically correct. It's more like they have a sense of... um, safety I guess of like they don't want to say something that might put their families or themselves in danger because we're talking about like political stuff sometimes Mm -hmm. um and 
I, I remember this one episode that they were very excited about where we talked about Captain Marvel. And uh-huh. before you, I, I, yeah, I think I, you listened to that one, right? Or I told you about it or something. You might have um, told me because I haven't listened to that one. Oh, well, that was, that was the first episode where I was a guest as well as mm. the producer, right? Um, and they were very excited about it because I told them that I hated Captain Marvel. And, yeah. and so we had this whole conversation about the political correctness of it. And I said, you know what? Fuck politically correct stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that does not help you have a conversation that does not construct anything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there is a danger of, I don't know which one of us at that time said that we were going to get canceled as mm-hmm. a joke. Um, <laughs> you might. <laughs> I mean, we might. But you know yeah. what? That also speaks of this cancel culture is so toxic. I, I agree. I agree. I, I was, I mean, and this is very on the tangent sort of of the theme today. Um, but I was reading this article about Joe Rogan um, and how he was being canceled sort of because of the comments he said about vaccines and some misinformation and stuff. And so... To me, personally, I'm like, okay, sure. Don't continue promoting content that has misinformation in it. That does mm-hmm. not help anybody. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to cancel him either. You know, mm-hmm. that this canceling thing just seems like the um, internet version of shunning somebody on a playground. You know? It's, mm-hmm. it's like being a bully to... In this, t- ironically, in this time of wanting to be empaths and wanting to listen to everybody and advocating for people, and like what we were just saying before, right? You're you're shutting somebody out because you're not liking what they're saying, um, or, I mean, not liking. Of course, I know that this is about misinformation and scientific stuff and important public information and all of this, but my point is, the fact that you're saying something that might be controversial. Or that might mm-hmm. be not what everybody's trying to say that is the correct thing to say is what fosters this environment of hatred and misunderstanding. Yeah. And- like like with everything, I think it's all it all depends on how you use it. I think I was watching mm-hmm. I don't it wasn't the Jada Red Table Talk, it was the Red Table Talk the Estefans. And they had they have an episode on canceling, uh, this yeah. cancellation, uh, this cancel culture, um, and yeah, I think they mentioned there something about how it can be useful when it comes to holding people to yeah, holding people accountable, but then it can also be very misused and you know yes. wreck people's lives where they. There's, there's, who are you to wreck this person's life? Yeah. You know, like it depends on so many things, but I do think we should advocate for having conversations, you know, that's what we're doing. And all of this and what we've said in this episode is coming from me being very confused and trying to make some sort of understanding of my experience of what I'm going through. And just because I want to 
I, I feel comfortable and happy and I want to find my femininity saying that I am a she, even though I don't find myself sort of girly or stereotypically girly or boy-ish or, you know, I just, I just mm -hmm. want to be me and I'm okay yeah. with being a female and having a vagina. Like, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just because that is my experience and I find a lot of the labeling in the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for them, for so many people. And, you know, I want to believe that I'm a, an ally. I want to believe that if any person who is a nice person, you know, a nice human being. Yes. Without... <laughs> Where, where it's where I don't care who they like or how they dress or mm -hmm. their pronouns, then I'll be cool yeah. with you if you are cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the bottom line of of this whole thing. Um, also, um, and it's an, also I, I I think it's this sort of questioning that I don't know if it'll ever stop. Maybe it stops once we're 50 or something of like who we are of this like self-construction of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. deciding what makes you you and all of that stuff. And I think there's um, I think it's kind of funny because we were talking about Will Smith's book last time and I'm nowhere near like half of it or anything. I'm being super slow with it. Oh, it's so there's good. There's this part where. I, re I was listening to it in the car earlier, and I remembered what we were saying about his style being very much like, it's a teachable moment sort of mm -hmm. thing, like the whole book is a teachable moment. Um, yeah. And it got me thinking about that formation of our identity and what um, we decide we like and we don't like and the questions that we ask ourselves and all of that stuff. But I think that's that we can tackle that in another episode <laughs> as a continuation of this because yeah. it's a whole thing. And so to wrap it up, <laughs> um, so what's your, I think you said something about what was your recommendation going to be? The Alicia Keys book? Oh yeah. It, it is oh, the yeah. Alicia Keys uh, audiobook. It's uh, called More Myself, A Journey by Alicia Keys. A journey indeed. A journey indeed. But yeah, mm. I, I know, like, you were surprised that I said that she was a tomboy? I Yeah, she does not seem like a tomboy to me. No, she, I, she I seems she... very feminine. See, but that's the point. You can be a feminine yeah. tomboy. Yes, I, I see. I have been taught. <laughs> um... <laughs> What's After yours? much thought, mm. I was saying that I didn't know what my rec was going to be today. Mm -hmm. um, but I have settled on... There's this podcast that I really like. I think the episodes are not that long. I mean, they're like half an hour long. Um, it's called Choiceology. Um, and it's... The host, um, I think, is named Kathy McMillan, I think. Uh-huh. Um, And she interviews people about, I think it's a lot about behavioral sciences and stuff and 
different um, theories and ideas and stuff that make you help, uh, make help you make better choices about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds interesting. And it's like it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it like I don't know. It, I I remember this one episode that was the most interesting to me mm-hmm. when they were talking about habits and habit formation and stuff and she was interviewing this guy um who had developed and he developed a nap he was a professor or something uh for mm-hmm. cognitive uh something <laughs> and right. behavior or i don't know don't i'm sounding very stupid right now but he was a professor in some university and he made this app called stack stack Jesus, I am the worst today at recommending this. But the point is that he was making a point of how by having high stakes when you want to achieve something, that makes you a lot more likely to actually achieve your goal. So how he came up with this was that he and his best friend wanted to quit smoking. And mm-hmm. they said, okay, whoever fails has to pay the other $10,000. So they turn that into this app that keeps you accountable, which I guess mm-hmm. can also be a secondary recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. Stick is the name. That's <laughs> <the> <laughs> stick with two Ks or three Ks or something. Um, <laughs> so the idea is that you write what your goal is and you set up a way to make yourself accountable. Oh, so I've saying, seen you use it. I've seen you use yeah. it. One day I was like, why do you owe $5 if you don't walk Spock or something like that? <laughs> Yes. So that was the thing. And for example, I did the um a workout every a uh, 6-week workout day. What? I'm not making any sense. Jesus. 6-day workout. 6-day yeah, week. 6 days a week yeah. workout thing. Yeah. And if I didn't do it, I had to pay $5 to Donald Trump's campaign. Yes. That's the way I had, like, I was being so lazy, and it was, like, the beginning of the pandemic, and, ugh. And I think I I only paid once. I did. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was awful. I was so... But that's the thing. It made me feel so bad about myself that I gave that (laughs) stupid ass $5 that I was like, I'm never gonna... Um, Look at you holding yourself accountable. (laughs) So, the point is... Listen to Choiceology, and if you want to do some habit, good stuff, use the app. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like it works for some people because I'm like, yeah. if you're one of those people where it's like, I'm, meh, I'm just not gonna do it, you know, and you, you know, shouldn't really care. It what also work. helps is having somebody that also keeps you accountable because my dance teacher was doing that for me. She uh. was like checking in and being. How's the week going? How are you doing? How's the challenge going? Blah, blah, blah. So that Mm. was nice. Yeah. Good. I'm (laughs) glad. Not that you donated five bucks to Donald Trump, though. No, that was terrible. (laughs) And on that note, um, we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Thanks for sharing a cup of tea with us. To watch more episodes of A Cup of Tea, click the link on the right. If you want to watch Pockets in the Universe, go to the playlist on the left.